0: It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I don't love Junior Mints. I just don't hate them. I don't. I don't. I don't understand why they are treated like second-class candy. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Oh, there's a. You there's don't a understand why tonight. a candy
3: that is basically toothpaste wrapped up in stale chocolate is treated like a second-class candy. All right, I get it. It's a good, valid question.
0: It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Is there a time to change? You know, the three teams I've drafted this year. <laughs> Second-class candy is pretty good. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. Once again, WBEN is airing live coverage of the events in Kansas City and the tragedy unfolding there at the end or after the uh, Chiefs victory parade. So um, we encourage you to jump over there if you want to have the up to the second Latest uh, from KC. We're going to talk to Chris Trappasso right now, CBS Sports NFL draft reporter and analyst. Hi, Chris. Wait, let me put you on the air. I should do that. <laughs> now, let's try that again. Hi, Chris. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Um, thank you. So, no disrespect to, meant to you and other draft analysts, but this is probably the beginning of draft "Quote unquote season here for most fans. Can, can we sure. start? And it's our first conversation in, in a while, or about this draft. Uh, mind giving us sort of a couple of bullet points here, an overview of what makes this draft unique uh, to you, anyway?
1: Yeah, it's really top heavy at the quarterback spot. It's probably 2020 with Tua Tungavailoa, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love. That was a really good class. Obviously, 2018. I think that one. This one is right up there in terms of just having, I mean, who knows if you know all four or five that go in the first round are going to ultimately be really good. And, and if you look at history, probably not. But just the skills that they have, the quarterback spot is good. Wide receiver, um, which has kind of been the case over the last five or six years now just from what every college is sending out there. Wide receiver class is also very good. Two elite guys at the top with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Malik Nabors. A bunch are going to go in round two or or later in round one, but then in round two and round three, like we've seen of late. We'll look back. There'll be pro bowlers that will be picked there and very good offensive tackle and edge rusher groups. Not quite as good, um, but again, there'll be good players, running back, linebacker, safety. Um, Some years you get those Devin White type players. That's just the first one that pops into my mind who went really early at linebacker. Of course, that's the case with the safety spot too, but you don't really have that in this year's class and there's no Bijan John Robinson. There's no Christian McCaffrey or Jameer Gibbs type player, even a Travis ETN type. So that's kind of the overview um, from the studying that I've done over the last couple of months on the 2024 uh, draft class.
3: I know we'll definitely focus a lot on receiver probably even today. And then as we move forward, um, you know talking with you you know weekly here i think which we're set up to do um sure. starting the week after next uh but the, the, as far as the quarterbacks go do you have is it the three that are sort of maybe similar to the receivers the three that are at the top and then uh, a few others that you know may be first round caliber
1: yeah I, I i have uh caleb williams as my number one quarterback now and with quarterbacks i i don't fall for any, you know, movement during the pre-draft process at that spot. Like the combine, the pro days pretty much don't matter to me. Now, last year we went in and and thought, all right, Anthony Richardson is going to test pretty well. He had like a historic combine at like 200 and like six four two forty. So I did boost him up a little bit because we all know how important athleticism is at the quarterback spot today, But Caleb Williams is at one, and I'm saying that because these are probably not going to change too much. Right behind him, very, very close, is Drake May. And I think that there could be, if Caleb Williams doesn't test and Drake May does, and and tests spectacularly because he is a good athlete, I think, on film, he could even jump uh, Caleb Williams. I think Drake May is really, really good. Mm -hmm. Jaden Daniels, a step below, and then like you're saying, guys like J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, Um, Michael Penix. I even like Spencer Rattler, honestly. Like, he's not getting enough publicity because South Carolina wasn't that good. But he is a former, like two or three years ago, we thought, oh, he's going to be the first pick in the draft eventually. Fell off a little bit, but I thought he had a very strong season behind a pretty bad offensive line there at South Carolina. So it's a good quarterback class, even as you get into the Michael Penix, Michael Pratt, Spencer Rattler range, you know, on day two.
3: One more thing real quick on the quarterbacks for me here. I don't want to hog this conversation, but as far as that athleticism point goes, um, I, and I know those, there's nuance to athleticism, right? There's the mm-hmm. high-end Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen running for, you know, Jackson had, I think, over 800 yards, Allen over five hundred, fifteen rushing touchdowns. Uh, so you've got like, these monster impacts. And then there's just being able to move enough to get out of the way and just make plays on the move, maybe more like Mahomes who's maybe a better runner than I'm giving him credit for here in this, but he's not he's not on the Jackson Allen tier. How do these three guys stack up as far as rushing threat and just mobility in general?
1: Yeah, I think Jaden Daniels, I mean, we all watch him, uh, you know, winning or Enroute to winning the Heisman. Jaden Daniels has Lamar Jackson esque speed in space. Like he can hit forty, fifty, sixty yard touchdowns. I think he's gonna he's about six foot three, he might even be right around two hundred pounds, so he's going to be a little lighter. That certainly helps him run faster. The agility is not quite Lamar Jackson, but he will be a problem as a scrambler in the NFL. Now, I said earlier that Drake May to me is is very close to Caleb Williams. You watch Drake May, you see okay, I, I kind of am getting like a light version of Justin Herbert here, but then they used him like in the designed run game, and he's unafraid mm-hmm. to like lower his shoulder in space. He's a bigger. Uh, not quite Justin Herbert's size, not quite Josh Allen's size, but he's a bigger body quarterback prospect. Next, I would say him. And then Caleb Williams does a lot of the Patrick Mahomes type stuff. I, I don't think he's quite Mahomes um, as a prospect. I don't think his arm strength is where Patrick Mahomes was, even coming out of Texas Tech. Um, but the just, oh, my God, how did you not sack him on this play? That's where mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is better than Drake May and Jaden Daniels.
0: With Chris Trepasso. So I'm sure we'll talk about wide receiver a lot, even for us here with you over the, <laughs> c- the course of the next couple of months plus. You know how the station has sounded. Uh, the Bills seem even more in need than they've been in, in recent years, too. And, you know, for the most part, it sounds like this is a good year to be in this situation at at, at that position. Already, I've seen mock drafts like one today from Field Yates, Chris, where the Bills at pick 28 get wide receiver four. That was Brian Thomas, I believe, in, on yes. his list. Yep, LSU. And I've seen others where you're going to have to take wide receiver eight to <laughs> you know get get one in round one without a trade. Which of those two outcomes do you think is more realistic?
1: That it's wide receiver four. I mean, I, don't call me on this, but I don't know if we've ever seen eight wide receivers go in the first round. and. Free agency will happen. Some teams will, you know, sign T. Higgins, Mike Evans, some of the bigger name free agents that will kind of push down that wide receiver need. But right now, that's usually what happens. And I've even noticed my, in my in my own mocks over the last couple of years, it's easy to put in six, seven, eight, nine wide receivers in the first round. Um, it, it would be surprising, although it is a very good class, that in doing that, when you're like, oh, that team needs a receiver, all right, give them a receiver. So does that team it gets to a point where you're getting into the twenties and somewhere close to where the bills pick. And it, to me, I I think teams realize, Hey, why don't we pick another position? Because this wide receiver class is so deep. We don't have to pick one in the first round. That's why I was seeing some, not that it was a distinct rumor, but some ideas or I was getting sent ideas um, on Twitter that the Bills should trade up for, Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, and for as fun as that would be, it would kind of remind me of the Bills trading up for Sammy Watkins in that 2014 draft class that was so good that we knew going in was going to have guys in you know late first, second, third round who were going to be solid players. Yeah. Um, so I, I think wide receiver four at 28 is more likely. Good.
0: I <laughs> like the sound more. of that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because to, to me, if – if it comes to be their turn, they'll probably trade up two or three spots. That's the you know, the way it usually goes. <laughs> but if it, it comes to be their turn and only three receivers have been taken, each, by the way, in the top ten probably or possibly, then it's a really interesting choice. And it still would be uh, if you even pushed it to Friday, like you pointed out, all the quality depth there seems to be. I have just, with Bulldog, made a wager that I think they would go defense first, thinking that most of the considered best receivers would have been taken by their pick but but maybe not they're they're going to need help on defense though as much as it seems so many fans seem to hate when the bills turn to defense and with their top draft capital you know this year the way the roster uh, you know in terms of free agents and that looks um you know that that's going to make i think more sense if they do that
1: yeah absolutely and i think so my thing that i've kind of stuck to early on here in the Offseason season slash pre-draft processes. I'm a firm believer that the bills need to pick a receiver in either the first or the second round. Like I'm, I'm not quite on the Jeremy white wide receiver train that it has to be in the first round. I I'm, I think that they need to pick one though with the, with one of those first two picks. If whether it's a bunch of receivers go in front of them or just like the guy or two that they really like, say they love Brian Thomas and he's gone. They love Troy Franklin who I've mocked them a lot. I think he would just make a ton of sense. From Oregon if he's gone and they're like all right well we're not just gonna force it and pick a wide receiver that we don't really like and I think that's kind of been a problem for the Bills like when they picked Kyer Elam they said afterward oh he was our last first round grade." we don't know if that's how true that is or you know like was he on the fringe and they ultimately traded up for him it kind of felt like they forced that pick like we need a corner we got to get one here when it probably would have been a better idea for them to just say hey look like We don't feel like there's someone that's worth whatever that pick was, 23, 25, and let's go another position and then hope to get better value later in the draft. So in that case, I think it would be fine if they had to go D-end, defensive tackle. I'm not as huge on the safety spot because I think Sean McDermott uh, has shown that he can get quality production from the safety position. But if, like, the number one safety that they absolutely adore is there, and, you know, they, they feel good about three or four guys that they really like and want to plug into the offense at receiver in round two. Again, you're right that you guys will, will be talking about it on that Friday leading into round two that a lot of fans will be upset, but they could certainly go that avenue and still get two really yeah. good players.
3: Right, yeah. Who, who are some names for that? Because like, they'll, they'll be picking, you know, at the end of round two, just like they're picking at the end of round one or, you know, near enough the end anyway. And, you know, okay. we'll, we'll, again, we'll have weeks and weeks to go over this, but the, the, the names at the top will be the names that we'll dream about, or not the top, mm. but you know what I'm saying, like the first round grade type guys. Um, so, like, second round, who are some who are some names that we can maybe start to crush on?
1: Jermaine Burton is one for me from Alabama now, and I'm going to kind of harken back to Jeremy White again. I, I think his opinion that uh, that the Bills need someone that can stretch the field and he has a future as a wide receiver, one, I think that's key, given Stefan Diggs' age, the finances, all of that. Mm-hmm. Jermaine Burton from Alabama, he started at Georgia, transfers to Alabama, and was good at Georgia. Like He was like a wide receiver three or four, had some productive years, transfers to Alabama – Down the field threat right away. I think he's going to test very well to combine in the forty, vertical, all those explosion drills. I think he's going to be good in. And I liked his route running. They just didn't throw to him a lot. And the the quarterback play, at least in 2023, obviously took a giant step back from Bryce Young to Jalen Milrow. So he's one that I've kind of circled as seems like he could be available right around pick 60 um, in the second round for the Bills, or maybe they would have to maybe. You know, move up a little bit. Jalen Polk is one that I've I've seen some multiple-round mock drafts, and I have one coming out next week, um, where he from Washington, Jalen Polk, this is, um, is kind of in that range too. Um, Another one that was a down-the-field threat, made a lot of contested catches from Michael Penix, has some wiggle after the catch, kind of feels like, okay, in two or three years he could be a wide receiver one in the NFL. And it's always hard to kind of envision that when you're not talking about a first-rounder but, of course, you guys know, your listeners know, and I know, that there's so many second and third rounders like D.K. Metcalf and Terry McLaurin, um, just to name a few, George Pickens, who were the seventh or eighth or ninth receiver picked, and they were wide receiver ones by probably their second season. So those two really stick out. And I, I don't want to not give you a full answer, but the combine is so important for the wide receivers that you kind of understand, all right, here's this guy's athletic profile probably going to be a second rounder. This guy, ooh, he didn't test well, probably a third or a fourth rounder. So really, after the combine, I'll be able to give you a more specific answer on that. You can tell which guys test into the first round or more second or third round type uh, wide receivers.
0: You mentioned 2014 earlier, Watkins. There were six receivers. I'm not doing this from memory. There were six receivers picked in the second round that year. The last three were Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson and Jarvis Landry. And that's after yeah. five or more went. It's Evans and Beckham, of course, Watkins and Benjamin. Uh Brandon Cooks also in that first round. It gets Late first, yeah. Late first. What do you think of Troy Franklin?
1: I really really like him. I and this is going to sound too lofty, but I think at times if you're a draft analyst, you can't be like afraid to throw comparisons on guys. Like I hate when it's like, "Hey, don't compare this prospect to a Hall of Famer like" J.J. Watt was a six foot six, 290 pound guy from Wisconsin who had one of the freakiest workouts of all time. To be like, uh, I love this guy's film. He's a crazy athlete. I think he can be a Hall of Fame type. Like, that's a type of statement that I think as a draft analyst, you should be able to make. And I'll say with Troy Franklin, he gave me his movement skills, Justin Jefferson vibes. Now, we know Matt Collar very well from. WGR I know him I, I I'm on his Vikings podcast every week he immediately referenced to me like seeing Justin Jefferson in Minnesota like had a different type of tenacity almost Stephon Diggs like like he wanted to be the Michael Jordan of of the entire NFL and was working tirelessly in OTAs training camp right away so I think that matters and, and you can't tell that about a wide receiver prospect but taller, spindly frame, very flexible, made a lot of plays down the field, pretty good after the catch. Their analytics profiles are pretty similar. Now, Justin Jefferson did test very well, ran under 4.45, Um, but I I just saw similar stylistic movements on Mm -hmm. the field from Troy Franklin, and I think right away you wouldn't have to come in and be – justin jefferson as a rookie he can get down the field and then learn those intricacies of getting open which i think he's actually pretty good at right now
3: one more on receiver from me uh we started this and even going back into the fall watching football on saturdays keon coleman from florida state just jumped off uh the games i was watching social media just spectacular plays as the draft process starts ramping up, I, I see a lot more attention to detail that might be lacking. and He's not as well-rounded. Maybe more of a guy that you can project as a one, but it's not all there, and you're going to have to coach him up, and, and, and he's going to learn some subtleties of the position. That's some of what I've read. What do you think of this play? So I've kind of cooled off on him because I'm not sure that he fits what the Bills the Bills need impact right away probably from this player if they're drafting him in the first round. What's your scouting report on Coleman?
1: Yeah, if Keon Coleman was in the draft five to ten years ago, I think you'd be like, oh, yeah, he's a first-round pick. And I always go back to the eras. We're in this athletic era at at quarterback spot, pass catchers at the running back spot, and wide receivers, smaller separators can get down the field. Five to ten years ago, I always kind of cite these three or four guys. It was a league that was dominated by, or I guess it's maybe even a little longer than that now, Jordy Nelson, Dez Bryant, Brandon Marshall, Mike Evans was a young wide receiver. There were a lot of big body guys, back shoulders, contested catchability seemed to be more important than how talented a wide receiver was in getting open. I've cooled on Keon Coleman, too. I, I, I you know, in season had a decent high grade on him, but I, I really put a lot more into my finalized grade. And then obviously after the combine, it'll be really the cemented grade for him. I didn't see him getting open very often. Now there were times that Florida state schemed him open and he can make that acrobatic catch. But to me, I have him more valued on day two. So if the bills, again, maybe go that defensive route, he would be available potentially later, just doesn't fit the mold. One last thing that I have to mention, and I'll be mad at myself. If I don't, you ask for second round guys, yeah. the wide receiver that I probably want most for the bills jayvon baker yes from i was waiting
3: I, was, I thought i was waiting I watched, to mention him
1: yeah i watched him and in my head i said he's the one like he's the wide receiver i don't know where the rest of the league will view him and will again get some of a better idea at the combine contested catches leaping ability gets open his athleticism he's flexible he can take physicality at the line of scrimmage and in his route and not get disrupted um averaged almost 22 yards a catch at UCF is a former Alabama guy he just seems like the one that at least right now for some reason is flying under the radar like PFF has him at 112 I'm looking at their big board right now Uh, I talked to a few people that are other uh, like scouts that are doing kind of the same thing that I do and they're oh yeah second third round I saw a first round wide receiver in terms of his skill we'll see how he tests but he looks like, okay, he can be a decent downfield threat, but more be a wide receiver one in 2025 and beyond. And I think that, again, is a key component of yep. this early-round uh, wide receiver that the Bills ultimately pick.
0: It's funny we both reacted. We talked about him yesterday. I dug into some of this yesterday, and I got to Baker on a ranking I was reading, and I just I thought to text Jeremy – but Jeremy's getting, if he gets paid by the mention, uh, <laughs> I texted Jeremy like, here is the actual future Bills wide receiver, thinking he'd, yeah, he'd sort of give me that grimace, yeah, he'd give me sort of like the grimace emoji or something, like, you know, that fate, the teeth clenched, you know, down, down the list, because probably not a first round pick at this point, and his response was, love it, Baker, so pretty good. Um, I, I in one minute or less, Chris, if if I might, you sure. you, men, you mentioned Elam and the pick from two years ago. Are you shocked that it's gotten to the point it got with Elam? Like, can he recover? What's your take on where they're at with him? How he didn't didn't play?
1: I mean, I'm shocked that a, a former first round pick that had NFL bloodlines and had pretty good film like is having a hard time even getting on the field and just looks totally lost. But I'm not shocked in that he was a press man on an island corner, and the Bills are one of the most zone-heavy teams. When they picked him, I thought, all right, they want to mix up coverages a little bit on one side of the field. And that really didn't ever happen. Now, he did make some plays as a rookie, but I think the grabbiness kind of got to him a little bit and that refs were looking for it. Um, Is he salvageable at this point? I, I mean, I think because of the physical talent, but his confidence has to be relatively low And I won't be surprised if the Bills look for any trade offers this offseason.
0: Very good. Justin, boy, a master. Under a minute. Barely under a minute. (laughs) And I'm ruining it by talking after you. Thank you, Chris. Look forward to our next conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Chris Trapasso, CBS Sports, who will join us periodically in the next couple of months here. The draft is in late April in Detroit. As I often have said recently, if you've got a guy, let us know who he is and why and I'll write his name down on my list, like I do all the names Chris mentions and sometimes Bulldog mentions. Sometimes I'll just sort of like, eh, I don't know. Not list-worthy? Not, I don't know. Worthy is, is list-worthy. There's a worthy receiver yes. from Texas, which I know you uh, you knew already. A news conference is scheduled to begin in a couple of minutes in Kansas City, with the latest from the police department there on at least one casualty and numerous other victims of a mass shooting at the Chiefs Super Bowl parade today. WBEN News Radio 930 is airing coverage from Kansas City, our Odyssey sister station there, and also national news coverage with some uh, local analysis mixed in. We'll have the latest throughout the day on our show, too. Mike Show and the Bulldog at 803-0550. This is WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas,
1: Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today.